You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocals of Cryptopsy, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. It is Wednesday. You know what that means? It means that tomorrow is Thursday. You know what happens on Thursdays? Vox and Hops Thirsty Thursday Virtual Hangs. I love these hangs. It is truly amazing what has come from these hangs. I am seeing so many connections, so many friendships being built online. There's the Vox and Hops Thirsty Thursday Gang, which is a Facebook group that has been created for the members of the Vox and Hops Thirsty Thursdays. It is really cool what's happening there. People are sharing what beers they're drinking, what music they're listening to, personal projects that they're doing. I'm in awe of everything that's happening. After last week's Thirsty Thursday, there was an after party that was organized by Evan Welch. This is something that's going to happen every week. After the Vox and Hops Thirsty Thursday virtual hang ends, someone is going to launch another Zoom link where you can go and keep hanging out with other Vox and Hops heads and some of the Vox and Hops alumni stick around and you can just keep uh, hanging out and talking about life, metal and craft beer right there. It is beautiful. I am loving what I am seeing. It is an honor that this has happened. So if you would like to join us tomorrow, it happens at 8 p.m., the Vox and Hops Thirsty Thursday Virtual Hang. The link for that is in the description of this podcast. So go grab it, copy it, keep it, because it's the same link every week. I'm very happy to announce that I shall be continuing with my Spotlight feature. Last week, we wrapped up with Everlasting Spew Records. This month, we are focusing on Redefining Darkness Records. I am super stoked about this. Very happy to have them being a part of the podcast. Much love and respect to Thomas. Stoked to have our chat together, and I'm stoked to share that with all of you. On this week's spotlight on Redefining Darkness Records, we have Sentient Horror with their track Loss of Existence, taken from their 2019 album Morbid Realms. Here it is. Turn it up to 11. Enjoy the brutality. This is Sentient Horror's Loss of Existence.
was fucking intense. I really, really enjoyed that. I hope that you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. I was banging my head over here, and I hope that you were as well. Much love and respect to Thomas from Redefining Darkness Records. I'm super stoked to have them be a part of the podcast for the next month. In the description of this podcast is all of sentient horrors pertinent links. You should absolutely go and pick up Morbid Realms, the record from which the track I just played is on. Pick it up. Support Extreme Music. I've also put all of their pertinent social media links in the description. Go check them out. They deserve some love. This episode is also very cool because it is partly brought to you by Jan Rademacher, who very generously donated some funds towards the Vox and Hops podcast. So this episode is partly brought to you by Jan. Much love and respect. Thank you so much for supporting the Vox and Hops podcast. It means a lot to me, and I greatly appreciate it. If any of you would like to be as cool as Jan and would like to make a small donation, anything always helps. You can do that via the Vox and Hops website. There's a tab at the top that says donate. You click on that. And if you have the means and you would like to uh, help support the Vox and Oz podcast, that's an easy way to do it. Much love and respect, Jan. Thank you so much. On today's episode, I'm with Frank Finelli, who is the merch daddy behind the For the Nomads charity, which is uh, something that has been organized to help raise some funds for all of the out-of-work crew members from touring bands. Excellent initiative. I can't praise it enough. So get ready. Here it is, Vox and Hops, episode number 142 with Frank Finelli. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Frank Finelli, and he is the man behind For the Nomads, which is a fundraiser, a charity that has been set up for the road crews of touring musicians. It is something that uh, I think is very interesting and commendable that you have set this up, that you've thought about this. Uh, let's just touch on the very easy question that you have been probably been answering far too many times as you've been promoing this, but uh, I want people to know it and hear it from the source. So when did this idea come to fruition and uh, why was it in the shower? So, <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting question. I think uh, it, it started in the shower because I was... I was wiping off all the all the depression that I had from finding out that every damn tour that I had lined up for this whole year, which was a lot of them, um, in a row in succession, has been canceled. And uh, you know, we don't need to get into virus and what's happening because everybody knows what's going on in the world right now. But uh, I'm a touring crew member. I've been touring for 14 years, and uh, maybe a day or two before I had that infamous shower with my fancy idea. Um, I uh, found out everything was canceled and my whole my whole career was kind of flushed down the toilet for this year so far. So um, got in the shower that morning after uh, being a depressed uh, pile of trash and <laughs> just uh, had a couple ideas on how to make things better for myself and my peers and my colleagues in the uh, music industry. So I thought of, uh, originally I called it the Nomad Fundraiser because this is before I like came up with the, like a real idea to to turn it into something um, but I called it the nomad fundraiser because I was going to raise funds for for myself and my friends who are also touring crew members just like myself and um, I just wanted to do it in a way I knew how by selling a couple of funny t-shirts or or whatever and uh, I was going to try to spread it as evenly as possible between everybody who either had proof of the jobs they lost or the tours they lost 
and uh, had the references to back it up just in case we ran into anything kind of funky out there. And um, we'll get into the story, of course, but I mean, to date, this is six weeks later, um, we've raised just under $36,000 and uh, I, I, I'm not stopping. I just, this is all I really care about at this moment, considering I have no other work to pay attention to. But it's beautiful that it's not just about you because you could have just started a a GoFundMe for yourself to help yourself out to other people that you normally tour with, but you thought about including everyone, which is a, a beautiful thing to have thought about of setting up in that way. Yeah, I, I, I did this thing called, and maybe you have some questions about it, I'm sure you do. Uh, people have been calling me the merch daddy as of recently, uh, but it's because of a, a shirt design that was... I came up with a couple of year ago, a couple of years ago on a tour for my own pocket. Like I wanted to make some ridiculous shirts because I wanted to make some extra money on the tour that I was on. And we sold well over a hundred of them, like really, really quickly. They weren't online or anything. So I was like, all right, cool. Well, I did that to pay my bills back then when I didn't have any problems, I just wanted to make some money. But this time around it was, it's, I was just like, well, I could probably do that again, but who the hell wants to just just like help me get out of the the problems that we're facing right now. It's like, yeah, that that makes sense. Like my, a bunch of friends or people that like the shirts will will get involved with that and want to help in that kind of scenario. But I thought it was more important to look at the bigger picture and see if I could sell a bunch of these really quick for the sake of myself. I could probably sell a bunch of these really quick for the sake of kind of everybody in my position right now. And it worked. It's uh, as we spoke about, we were both on the Alex Kendrick show the other day and we spoke about how, you know, touring artists have like warehouses of overstock merch sometimes, or they've printed some merch and they can't sell them at shows. So they're selling them online, but the crew has no way of doing that. So it's interesting that you took your, you also mentioned that some of your favorite moments of your life have been out on the road with these crew members, with these bands that you've been out touring with. So it's, it's, it's very cool that you've included them all and you're helping everyone. And they're, they're, they are like the most important part of your life. Yeah. I, I got a message last night, like right before I went to bed, um, on my Instagram from somebody I don't know. He apparently lives relatively close to here. He didn't even know that I lived. I, I just moved to Orlando last year. Um, he basically said, and I'm not going to name names because I, I don't even know the guy, but he basically said, hey, um, you don't know me. I don't know you, but uh, I really admire what you're doing right now for myself and a bunch of people that, you know, don't even know who you are and don't you don't know them either. Uh, it's 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 very strange to look up to somebody that I I don't know at all, strictly just trying to help people in our scenario. And he said that in different words, of course, but. Uh, I just I went to bed being like, wow, yeah, that's nobody's done this for me. And I'm sure that there are people out there that do this kind of thing. Of course, it's but it's the first time I've ever been in this position. And um, I just I, I, I genuinely just owe it for the fact that just like you said, for doing this as long as I have, most of my memories are strictly from touring, whether it was when I was a musician or not. It's just everything that I've ever actually like really really put my heart and soul into has been mostly on the road and i i kind of owe it all to that vox and hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends talking about their lives music and craft beer as we were setting this up you were like i don't drink is that a problem <laughs> so do you want to touch on that and uh, go further into why you don't drink 
Yeah, um, I, it's, it's two different reasons. Um, one, and I don't know, uh, you're from, you're from Canada. I don't know, if, but I'm sure you're, you're a smart guy. You might've heard of this before. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a big deal. Uh, probably back in the nineties. I, I guess it was for me at the time, just for this reason. Um, do you remember the dare program? Yes, of course. Yes. Okay. Yes. I didn't Dr- know. Drugs against. Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> Drug resistance against, I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Children. Dare. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but so I know what it is. I'm pretty sure that was right. <laughs> that was like, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Yeah. Right? It was them. No, something along those lines. I just remember the egg the, in the frying pan. Was that there? It doesn't matter. <laughs> but yes. Um, I didn't know if that like, was even out of New York. Cause I was a kid when I first saw it or heard about it or anything like that. But I remember specifically, um, a, a guy came in, he was a cop and he was like, and I, granted I was in second grade. He may not have been, been as, as big and buff and clean cut as I remembered, but it's like Superman walked in the room. Right. And he has his uniform on and this, that, the other thing. And he's telling kids who are impressionable, of course, he's like, don't do drugs. Don't, don't talk to strangers, da, 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 whatever. Okay. So that's that, that runs with me up until middle school, obviously just, you know, you remember that kind of thing. Cause it, your parents say it your whole life, but then this guy with a, a gun and a badge come in and <laughs> you know, the deal, um, I'm second grade. What do you want me to, what do you want from me? <laughs> um, so that's that. So that's my first impression. Secondly, and more importantly, um, I didn't, I don't think I'd noticed anything was a problem until probably eighth or ninth grade. Um, my, my mother and the man that she either married at that time or was going to marry who lived with us. Um, cause I have no say in that kind of scenario. Um, they were both addicts and they were, they were big into things that I've never wanted to ask what it was, but I knew they drunk, they drank a lot also just on top of whatever it is they were doing. I never, I never wanted to get into it with my mom as an adult because she's fine now, which is cool, but um, she's very, very emotional because it got to a point where, and we'll get into that, but we got to a point where uh, I didn't talk to her for many years. I didn't know how to like handle it, you know what I mean? So give or take eighth or ninth grade, I basically noticed there was an issue and I didn't know what it was, but she was changing. Her, her whole demeanor was changing. That guy was, and I don't, I don't hate anybody in the world. Uh, I have strong feelings of dislike towards people, of course, but I don't, I don't wish death upon anybody. I don't hate anybody. I'm a pretty okay guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> this man was the bane of my existence and he, he died later on. Um, I did find out my mom called me and told me even after they split up, um, and it's, I didn't feel anything. I didn't care. It was, it was like a weight was lifted on my shoulder that I didn't know was there. Just knowing that that man wasn't in the world anymore to bring a problem to whoever it is he was f- facilitating with. You know what I mean? Um, that dude just ruined my whole childhood. I look at it. Uh, there was a problem in the household. I saw it and I, I, I noticed it. She went to rehab. She was going to... Um, from what my neighbors told me, she was going to do something to herself that was uh, not going to work out for anybody in the family, you know what I mean? Or herself, for that matter. Uh, I don't need to get into details. You, you could paint a picture. And uh, from then on, I never, I didn't do anything up until then anyway. But from then on, when she went into rehab and I ultimately stopped going to school, I dropped out. Um, 
I just I, I just saw the writing on the wall of, of course, you could probably do this sort of thing. You could drink, do drugs and whatever and be a, uh, a safer human about it. But I thought, it, it, why do I even need to potentially take a, a stroll down that path to even find out if I'll be on one side of the spectrum or the other? Um, everybody's different, of course. My dad drank and did a little bit of drugs in the 60s because he's an older guy and whatnot, but he's fine. He never had those problems. It's just I, don't, I didn't want to be the person to try and find out what path I actually went on. And uh, now I'm in my 30s and I've still, I've never been drunk a day in my life. I've never been high. I've never smoked a cigarette. I've never done a drug. The only, <laughs> the only reason I know what it's like to be somewhat inebriated and people tell me that this is not what it's like at all, but what the fuck do I have to uh, even compare it to is uh, when I got a wisdom tooth taken out and they put you under with a laughing gas. <laughs> really? That's, that's all I know. Yeah, that's all I know. I, I find it to be very scary to potentially be out of my like realm of being able to control myself. I don't know. Yeah. But that's, that's the story. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you for, for sharing that and being so honest. Yeah, no, of course. I, I feel bad introducing my beer now though. No, no, no. It's once again, it's not, it's not a, it's not a thing where I, I don't look, I've been touring forever. I'm, I'm, we're around this shit all the time. It's, I wanted to touch on that. Next yeah. It, it doesn't bother me at all. It's just, I, I took something and I thought, well, all right, I'm just not going to do that. And it's cool. Absolutely. And, and addiction is, is like a disease and it, it is a disease. So yeah. it need, we need to look at it like that and start treating it like that and not, and not uh, looking down on people that have it. Cause we don't look down on people that have no. a chronic disease. No, I didn't understand the problem at hand as a young kid. I was 14, 15, 16. You throw something like that, that heavy on a kid who's, whose brain isn't even fully developed yet. You, you, you don't know how to handle it. So we literally, I literally left my house and just said, well, fuck it. She can't get her shit together. I'm going to go figure out how to get my shit together. And we just, I didn't talk to her for, for several years until I, I, I understood. I mean, I didn't have the issue, but I, I, I understood. I was like, well, she, she can't, she couldn't control herself. She couldn't fix it. So she needed help to do so. So when I came back in, and as an adult, then you look at it in a whole different perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just, I woke up this morning to my doorbell ringing and I got a beautiful package from BrewDog USA. BrewDog is a brewery based in the UK. And this was a hookup that I got through Randy Bly from Lamb of God. Huge thank you. Uh, really was stoked to try this. This is their Ghost Walker non-alcoholic IPA. It was supposed to come up here into Montreal, but because of COVID, sadly, it never made it. I mentioned that to Randy, so he made sure that BrewDog sent me some. So huge thank you to Randy Bly and the BrewDog USA people. I'm going to pour this out, but I'm going to ask you about how do you handle when you're on the road and you're a tour manager? It makes complete sense that you're a tour manager because you don't <laughs> like to lose control and being a tour manager you are in control of everything how do you handle when your artists are out of control because they are inebriated is that something that bothers you or <laughs> it becomes slightly more difficult of course <laughs> but um it it, it kind of just depends on who you're working for um there are people that are absolute you know you can't tell them anything because they're you know they're just animals <laughs> uh but but then you have the people that that 
you just lay down. Hey, just lay down and you're good. And then they're done for, you know what I mean? They're just, uh, it's kind of just like, I, whenever I, whenever I get hired to work for a new band or whatever, I kind of just lay it on the line. I'm like, I'm not going to be your dad. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to reprimand you with things. It's like, ultimately you're my boss. But I mean, if you want this thing to run as smoothly as it should run and, and you, I, I have to be prepared for all your bullshit too. But if you want it to be, if you want it to run like a, a well-oiled machine, we we just have to we have to be prepared for for things like this. And it, it's I, I work for adults nine times out of ten. You know what I mean? We get through it. <laughs> we get through it. But there are some people like uh, I told you the other day. I used to work for a a pretty big deal celebrity, um, and. You can't talk them out of things. Uh, that specific person, you just can't talk them out of things. So uh, there were challenges there, but everybody, everybody gets it. They, they, they eventually get it after a little bit of talking. <laughs> well, you know, they did hire you for a specific job, so they should respect your your implications of doing yeah, that job. I'm never, I'm never pulling away people's drinks and like giving them time out or something like that so so it's just a matter of, it, it, there's there's a respect there for sure because uh um just like you said i mean or just like i said most of the time we're we're all adults whether they're neighbor, like super drunk or not it's it's everybody has the same goal at the end of the day most of the time big artists because you tend to work with the higher up artists that are touring in order to get it to that level you have to have your shit together <laughs> yeah. most of the time most of the time some people are enigmas that can still pull it off being just a wreck and still perform every night but most of the time you got to get your yeah. shit together <laughs> this beer actually it does taste like beer i'm very impressed i normally don't like non-alcoholic beers it uh, pours out uh, a little bit darker than an ipa that i would normally enjoy it's more of like a west coast style ipa and it's uh, it's bitter but not overly bitter super drinkable i can understand why it'd be easy to trick some some beer drinkers with this and they would uh, think that there's alcohol in it so a uh, huge props to brew dog because a lot of people make shitty non-alcoholic beer <laughs> <laughs> my my grandmother used to drink uh O'Doul's and she she told me when I was a kid uh, when I uh, she told me ah oh, it's not alcoholic and I was like I, I don't that's another thing I just didn't understand I was like okay <laughs> whatever uh, take me back to your youth uh, when you're growing up what was playing in your house when you were not were not in control of the music on my father's side in general it's all musicians everybody was a musician um, not in the metal world at all or punk or or hardcore or anything like that um, but. My grandfather, and I didn't know this until just like last year, of course, with, with, with stocks and bonds and whatnot, he, he's a millionaire, not a multimillionaire, but he was very, very frugal his entire life. Um, we never lived in a big, a big ever. I, I lived in trailers and apartments my, for most of my entire life uh, up until like my, tw- my mid-20s when I started actually making money. Um, uh, what was I going with that? Oh, uh, they're all musicians. He he was a, an orchestra leader, basically. Um, he he played he played a bunch of different brass instruments and and you name it, he played it for the most part. And he created a a company uh, and would do all the like the parties and the the weddings and whatnot. And he hired my my basically most of my family would play with him. 
and my dad got into he played bass he's been playing bass for like 40 50 years now uh so everybody in my family does something or has done something related to music so uh my father specifically would is obsessed with the beatles um so every day anytime i would ever be over his house i, I live with my mom for most of my life but on the weekends i'd go see my dad and he would always play the beatles and uh like old rock and roll and stuff like that um so I, di I, I didn't get anything from that, though. Uh, I enjoy Beatles songs, but it's more nostalgic than anything. I'm not listening to the Beatles on, on my regular days. Um, but I do love going to see my father, you know, on, on holidays or just any time I'm able to in between touring. And I know that one of the days we'll, we'll be eating lunch and he'll just immediately turn on uh, old Beatles songs. It just brings me back to a different time in my life and I'll, I'll smile about it. So... Uh, I know for the remainder of my days, that'll be a big tick for me. You know what I mean? But uh, on my mom's side, she wasn't a big music fan. Whatever was on the top 40 or the top 100 on the radio. Uh, but uh, nothing metal ever until I don't even know what happened, to be honest with you. I'm going to probably blame TRL or something on MTV, to be completely <laughs> honest. With you. I really don't know how it started. Um, I just remember in fourth grade, I met some kids um, that were just into bands that I were that I was into like the Slipknot the uh, Metallica Corn things of that nature and obviously it blossoms from there you have been to hundreds thousands of shows worked for them played them do you remember the first show that you went and saw yes and I, I kind of I kind of butcher it every time I think about it because I can't remember exactly who played first or second or whatever but it was one of those radio rock festivals in Long Island at a, a place called Jones Beach Theater. Uh, it's a big amphitheater literally on the water. So anytime there's like a flood or something, it's like all the seats are, are covered. It, it's, it's fucking crazy. Um, there's aerial views from uh, Hurricane Sandy. Uh, you can find them on Google. When Hurricane Sandy hit like, I don't even know how many years ago, eight years ago, give or take, I looked up the images for it like right away because it was submerged, <laughs> submerged. Anyway, anyway uh, that's besides the point. It's just a fun fact about the place. It's on the water. It's beautiful. Uh, I was, it was probably the year, it was 99 or 2000 is my guess. Uh, and I saw it's one or the other. It was Papa Roach and then Blink-182 or vice versa. It was just one of the other. Um, and was that a radio rock festival? I don't remember who else played. I just remember those were the two bands that stuck out to me. And Blink kind of got me into the punk scene, even though they were like a pop punk band, but it obviously blossoms, you know, from there. And Papa Roach, I, I heard of them prior to that. There were other bands I was way more into. It's just those are the two bands that I saw uh, live for the first time, I think. They're still both running. So right? Like How crazy is that? Having their, especially Papa Roach. I want to take my hat off for to Papa Roach because they survived... They switched genres slightly and made themselves relevant in America, at least. And uh, that's a hard thing to do. Not a lot of new metal bands made that transition as smoothly as they did. I have a bunch of friends who work for their camp uh, as well, and they're doing very, very well. It's 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 very difficult. <laughs> it's very, very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Not for me, but they did well. <laughs> oh no, no. I mean, they're they're continuing to do well, which is that's it, well, yeah. yeah. It's wild. Uh, let's talk about your first time on stage. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, kind of, sort of. You know what's funny? There is a picture of, of it in front of my face right this second. 
That's too funny. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll send you it later, and you can I don't know put it out there or who knows whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I moved to a different school district in eighth grade, right? So in seventh grade, I was in one, and I made a bunch of friends there, and then I came back to I, I came back and, and went to a completely different school district in eighth grade. So the very first the very first day of summer school, I remember because uh, I had to go to summer school in that new district. Um, I remember seeing three or four kids walking alone uh, to go to their classes, and they all had band T-shirts on of bands that I liked. There was there was a Slipknot shirt. I know I remember one. My best friend now, currently still, he was wearing a a Weezer shirt, but it was like uh, Blue Album era Weezer, uh, Weezer, which is my one of my favorite CDs of all time. Um, and I was like, oh, but maybe I'll become friends with those kids. And I had one class, didn't meet anybody, and it was just whatever. So going to the regular part of the school year, the very first day that that same kid is not only wearing the Weezer shirt again, but he's sitting behind me in my very first class. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's fate. It, I, I remember walking in and I'd be like, Oh, sh-. I was just like, Oh shit. Anyway, teachers, uh, my name is Frank Finelli. So, uh, I'm sitting pretty close to like the front. They did an alphabetical order or whatever. And his last name starts with a G. So he's sitting right behind me calls on me frank and my my buddy who was not my buddy then i didn't know anybody in the whole school he goes he goes hey it's franklin the 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 turtle song (laughs) of course (laughs) and i i I, I turned around and i said out loud this is the first thing i say in front of anybody in the entire school teacher and all my first period my first day of class i go are you fucking serious <laughs> I, I literally turn around and go, are you fucking serious and of course the teacher says something to me and and he's laughing everybody's laughing it's like off to a terrible start anyway go to lunch like three periods four periods later I sit down and that same dude and one other kid uh i don't know which one of them came over but they come i'm sitting alone because i don't know anybody and he goes hey uh you look like us. You seem to like know some of the probably know some of the bands that we all like. Come sit with us and uh, just come hang out. And so I was like, oh, okay. I was like, this dickhead's the one who's like making fun of me two hours ago. <laughs> so sit over there, and they're like, hey, uh, introduce themselves to everybody, you know, to me, and we talk. And they're like, hey, we're looking for a singer in the band uh, that we play in. And I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to sing. He's like, yeah, but you, I mean, you know the sound that we're probably looking for. And I was like. Doesn't mean I could do it. Well, you know, let's just try it because there's nobody else. Like there was very few kids like us or whatever you want to say uh, in the school. So uh, for the next, I'm just going to take a wild guess. For the next three months or so, we practiced and I got as okay as I could. <laughs> um, and then we, I think they pestered our principal or vice principal, whatever, to play our school dance or one of the school dances. And I don't think they knew what we had in like in store for them because like we're playing we're playing originals and things like that. But like it's I don't even know what to compare it to. It's like a mixture of like old incubus, like science era, and like yes. system of a down and things of that general nature. You know what I mean? You have a general you have an idea of what it's going for. It's not good, but we're literally <laughs> it's eight we're it's eighth grade. It's two thousand one. I'm maybe. 13 maybe 13 years old and all of us same thing 
Uh, they're pretty good at their instruments for that age, for sure. Like, they know what they're doing, especially our bass player. He's like a whiz, still to this day, one of my best friends. Um, we played, and they set up, like, uh, like lunch tables in front of us as if it was, like, a barricade. <laughs> and people were going berserk, like, going berserk. But I'm, I'm not saying they were moshing and things like that, but they were, like, they were giving us their real attention and making it a thing. And we felt on top of the world. It was incredible. Um, and I do have a video of it. There is a video that exists. I need a VCR <laughs> so I can watch it again. But the video, I, I it's it's easily, it'll always stand out in my mind is very, very, very fun because it's the first time that people actually gave a shit about anything I've ever done. So it was cool. Wow. That's when you got the bug. Yes. <laughs> easily, yes. <laughs> I also played a school dance back in the day, but I wasn't screaming at the time. I also had an incubus system of a down influence band, so it's very funny. Yeah. Very funny. Shout, yeah. out, shout out to all the Nick's Tasm boys out there. <laughs> Couldn't have done yeah. that. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for those steps. Uh, let's touch back on uh, For the Nomads. Um, you mentioned the other night when you, if you hit 40,000, you're going to shave two Mohawks into your head. <laughs> Yes. So um, this is obviously going to happen. So yeah, it's it's funny. I don't know how long I'll keep it, or I will I will keep it for at least a, a little bit of time, especially because I'm not like really going out anywhere. <laughs> but it's it's for the fact that it's just I want to do something ridiculous at every. And when I say ridiculous, I just I just want it to. I want people to have fun with it. If 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 it's a, if it's a way for people to be like. This guy's crazy, especially real world people. Like anybody in our scene right now would just be like, huh, Mohawk, that's funny. But like real world people would be like, what, what is this guy shaving his head into a double Mohawk for? And if people are sharing a video around of somebody doing that, but also talking about a charity because we hit $40,000, that just gives you a little extra oomph to pay attention to whatever it is that we're promoting or whatever. You know what I mean? So uh, when we hit 30, I think, yeah, I think it was 30. I th when we hit 30, I was just like, well, what do we, how the hell do we get to 40? And we have some ideas swirling around, but if there's just some little incentive, I already said, I said, I will, I will absolutely shave my head into a double mohawk and we will film the whole thing for your pleasure, for your entertainment. I don't care how fucking stupid I look. It doesn't matter to me. None of it matters. I just want to do this for fun and to spread the word as best that I can. And Nine times out of ten, a stupid viral video will do more damage than just a regular old tweet saying, hey, we reached $40,000. So who knows? Why the hell not? <laughs> Absolutely right. You should make a shirt with your, your, your head face afterwards with a double mohawk <laughs> so people can keep pushing and keep buying and hitting that 50K next. Yeah, I, that, exactly. What do I do after that? How do I get it to 50K? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just keep at it, and uh, maybe I, I'm pr I, I'm proud of what you've accomplished. I know, I know this is just the beginning because, as we spoke about the other night, this is sadly not going anywhere for another few months, hypothetically longer. So, for the nomads, everyone out there, I have put uh, the link so that you guys can donate in the description of the podcast, and I strongly suggest to all my listeners, all you Vox and Hops heads, go out there and donate, donate, donate. There would be no shows, any show that you've ever gone to go see. There is a crew member that has worked very hard to make sure that that show has run smoothly and so that that artist can stand on that stage all the way from bus drivers 
to a local crew to their tour managers to their merchandisers to their even the, the people that just help load in it's very sound dudes you know the list goes on and on and on it's very important to support these people because uh, they need the help right now yeah i mean if it, even if you don't want to just donate for just just donating uh, if that doesn't tickle you uh, a little bit uh, there's a lot of things on the site that you could literally buy that donates right back to our cause. So we're essentially doing it for free. We're not getting any any um, any financial gain from it. It's strictly just going back into the fund. So like, there's a bunch of shirts on there. I mentioned that merch daddy situation earlier. Um, originally, we did for any twenty dollars you donate or more, we will give you one of the merch daddy shirts, which you can find on the website. The website is forthenomads.org. Um, I put up new shirts up there just recently that I haven't even started promoting yet because we're still working uh, something out behind the scenes with our with our printer. But those shirts are out of control, too. Um, and then there's an entire partner section of a good 15 to 20 different uh, companies and bands that are also selling something and donating it right back to us uh, as well. So there's a lot of different ways you can get it get involved whether it's donating or not but if you're not donating or you can't because obviously you're out of work too or any kind of situation everybody's kind of on hard times right now um all you got to do is just post the link somewhere and explain what it is it's so simple there's literally nothing easier than that it costs you zero dollars uh and you do it all day anyway (laughs) most people are most people are (laughs) tweeting all fucking day or uh, posting on facebook all day reading really shitty articles about uh, things that aren't even true. You could easily take something that's helping a lot of people and post it on your timeline and, and it, you never know who's watching. You could always help. Yeah, it's always good to share some positivity. Yeah, out a little there. bit wouldn't, wouldn't hurt every once in a while, right? <laughs> <laughs> Frank, thank you so much for taking the time, sitting down with me, talking about your charity. It is uh, greatly, greatly appreciated. And uh, I say again, everyone, check it out. Do it. We need the crew members. I'd hate to lose some. I don't want them to have to go work somewhere else and not want to come <laughs> back on the road with me. <laughs> Cheers, Frank. Thank you. I appreciate it very, very much, man. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you also so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. In the description of this podcast is the link where you can go and send some money to the For the Nomads charity. It is an excellent initiative. It is something that I truly believe in, and it is something that I would suggest if you have the funds to throw some funds at all of the out-of-work crew members. I can't praise this enough. It is such a cool thing. I'm so happy to have had the chance to talk to Frank so that I could spread his message across the globe to all of you. So please help support it. If you don't have any funds, if you're in a tough place yourself, all you have to do, as Frank said, is just simply share it. Share it. Spread the word about this. It is so important to help support people in time of need, and the crew members of touring bands are in need right now, so please do that. I hope you have a good rest of the week. I hope to see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m., at the Vox and Hops Thirsty Thursday Virtual Hang. The link for that is available also in the description of this podcast. I can't wait to see you all. I have one more episode coming this week, which will be dropping on Friday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hopsets. It is now 2024, and the choice is up to you. 
Do you listen to good podcasts or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcast's favorite podcast. Do you enjoy nothing? <laughs> so do we. Why don't you come over and check it out and stop listening to other podcasts? Thank you. <laughs>